Hey guys, what's going on? Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to give you a little preview about this conversation I had with Troy. I asked him to come back on the podcast, I think this was the fourth time, to do a little bit more digging and go deeper with Mavericks Club, go behind the scenes, because you know, I've been friends with Troy for a long time now, and following what they've built with WP Elevation, it kind of felt to me that Mavericks came out of nowhere, which it didn't. He was obviously planning it. So I really wanted to get inside of his head and ask him about the journey, why they structured it the way they've done it, how they're launching it, how they're growing it, everything you'd want to know really about doing something that's sort of a mentorship mastermind. So I think you're going to really love the episode. As always, stick around for the end and I'll have a couple more links for you. Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. I, of course, am your host, Kim Doyle. And, you know, Troy, I think you're a four-peat. I think this is the fourth time. Stop it. I know. You know what? I, wow. I was thinking Saturday Night Live does this, like, five-peat club. I'm like, I think we're going to start a new club, and you're the president. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm honored. Thank you very much for having me for the fourth time. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, this is, you know, it's funny. So everybody, if you're listening, I'm just going to give you a heads up um, or watching. I'm going to link to all the previous episodes because today this is going to be a little bit different. I want to do some kind of digging behind the scenes stuff. We've talked a ton of times about WP Elevation, Troy. Um, we talked about Rockstar Empires once. And so we've done a lot of talk about what you're doing, but I want to dig behind the scenes because you so graciously invited me down to your Mavericks Club event. And I know I'm getting goosebumps now, but like I've been a little bit of a nut, like how amazing it was. And it really was. And so I'm like, okay, we got to dig a little bit deeper and I want to do some uh, behind the scenes stuff. So again, if you guys are not familiar with Troy, please go check out WP Elevation. I'll link to everything in the show notes. Um, <laughs> and another thing I was thinking, I'm like, maybe we'll even find out why you're so obsessed with the flight theme. <laughs> Sure. Oh, totally. That's it. Yeah, it's actually a really interesting story. Well, I think it is. Anyway. <laughs> well, I totally do too. So, first of all, go ahead and give us an introduction on who you for who you are for those who aren't familiar with you. But you know, give us a little bit of your background. Sure. So, I my name is Troy Dean. I uh, hail originally from Adelaide in South Australia, uh, which is the driest city on the dr in the driest continent on the planet. Um, so you would think it's the driest place on earth, but it's actually not. Uh, but, but in terms of rainfall, it is the driest city in the driest continent on the planet. Um, and, um, I don't know why I shared that with you. But anyway. I was like, um, this is like fun facts with Troy. But go ahead. Yeah. And I, I, I grew up in a working class, uh, um, suburb, Northern suburb, uh, went to a pretty average state school. Actually, it was pretty shit. It wasn't average. It was, I reckon it was below average. Um, <laughs> You know, a lot of a lot of kids I went to school, like in, in all seriousness, a lot of kids I went to school with were either in jail or dead by the time they were, you know, 18. Wow. Um, and so it was a pretty rough part of town. It was very multicultural, uh, lots of racism, um, lots of homophobia. You know, it was a pretty uh, colourful place to grow up. And I moved and I, I was playing in bands in my 
late teens. And then, so I moved to Melbourne because the Adelaide music scene in Adelaide is pretty small. And the music scene in Melbourne was thriving at the time. And I moved over to Melbourne and uh, was working a sales job, driving around selling hair care products to hairdressing salons. <laughs> um, whew, a hair I don't know if I knew that. Closet. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there's plenty of skeletons in that closet. Um, and and then I had a meltdown in my mid-20s. I had what I call a quarter-life crisis. I was 26 and I was miserable. And I said to a buddy of mine, you know, I can't, like I'm just absolutely miserable. And he said, well, if you're not happy, change one thing in your life at a time until you figure out what it is that making you unhappy. And I mean, that makes perfectly logical sense. I'll tell you what, within a week, I'll just change everything. Uh, so I... Left the girl I was in a relationship with. I left the job that I was working and had no other job to go to. I quit the band that I was playing in. I moved into a little one-bedroom flat uh, in St. Kilda, which is a very, very colourful part of Melbourne uh, in a inner city suburb, and uh, drank and smoked my way through the last $4,000 I had in my bank account and uh, ended up uh, rent owing in a couple of days, no money in the bank, and uh, woke up on a Tuesday morning and pulled the cover over my, my head and thought, I, I have no idea how I'm going to survive and I don't even know what I'm doing with my life and I felt completely lost. And that was kind of rock bottom. Well, that was that was one of that was one rock bottom. Um, the older you get, the more you have. <laughs> yeah, early 30s, I actually dipped a bit lower than that, but that's a whole other story. Um, and so then I – I kind of discovered the internet and well, I'd been online for a while, but I kind of rediscovered um, the internet and I started doing voiceovers. And so I started kind of building my own websites to promote myself as a voiceover artist. And that really kind of dug me out of a hole because I started to meet all these people online and I started to form these friendships and, and I didn't even realize it at the time, but I started to kind of find my place and kind of realize that there was somewhere I could fit in. And so then I started building websites and then, you know, people started asking me, oh, can you build me a website? And then people started offering to pay me to build on websites. So I thought I better learn how to do this properly. And like most of us, we end up in business by accident, right? <laughs> yeah. So then <clears throat> we, I didn't want to teach people how to use their website once I'd built it because that was fun the first time. But then, you know, every time after that, it just was monotonous. So I, we built a plugin called the Video User Manuals plugin, which did pretty well. And then we had this list of people who were kind of asking us for more business advice around how to run their web agency. I'd built an agency at that point in Melbourne. And um, and so then we start. I started coaching uh, for free, really, via Skype, just coaching people on how to run their, their business, doing market research and finding out what the problems were. And then we put together an online program called WP Elevation, which we launched in 2013. Now, I think the distinction here is this. The only reason we built that is because I literally had run out of time to answer all the questions that I was being asked on email and I could not take any more free Skype calls. I had to figure out a way to monetize it. So I just want to plant this seed right here, right now, up front before we go too deep into this because I have seen so many people over the years burn and crash and fail trying to release an online course or some kind of online coaching program because they haven't proven the business model first and they haven't got an audience. So, <clears throat> you know, we're now a multiple seven figure a year business. Sounds like a fairy tale, but I spent two years building that audience and nurturing them and figuring out what it is they wanted and packaging up my intellectual property and packaging up my templates and actually helping people and getting case studies and testimonials and success stories before I started monetizing it. So, um, 
here we are, you know, five and a half years later, almost six years later, WP Elevation is a, is a, you know, um, is, is the market leader in terms of teaching WordPress consultants and web agencies how to grow their business. And on the back of that, last year, we launched the Mavericks Club, which is really a mastermind program for our high flyers, for our high performing agencies who go through the, the blueprint. And um, the blueprint is our online course program. So once they graduate from that, people who then want to scale up to multiple six and seven figures, they join Mavericks Club. And that's the event that you came out to in, uh, in Santa Monica a few weeks ago. Okay, so we're going to go back a smidgey because, first of all, I didn't know WP Elevation was almost six years old. That is That, yeah. that feels like a blink. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> Just know, having yeah. watched. Yeah, so we opened the doors in uh, the end of May 2000. Well, sorry, we, we, we ran our first proof of concept webinar, our idea validation webinar in May 2013. Uh, and we, we proved the concept, we validated the idea. And then um, in June, uh, we opened the doors for four days and we got 55 paying customers paying $97 a month. And so that was proof of concept. We're like, okay, we're onto something here, let's go. And then we spent two and a half years having no idea what we were doing and trying to grow it. And it kind of plateaued at about 200 members and we couldn't break through that ceiling. And then we repackaged it into a course and we did launches for three years, um, you know, product launch formula style, Jeff Walker style launches for three years. And we had three intakes a year and we did that for three years. And that that's is intense. that's what really exploded the business. Yeah, it is intense. It's exhausting. Yeah. We don't do them <clears throat> anymore because it's exhausting. So we're now we're now kind of what's called evergreen um, or a rolling launch. So uh, you know people can engage and and join whenever they want, um, uh, which again has its own challenges, and I'm happy to talk about them. Um, but the launch model is exhausting and it's not sustainable. I don't think. Well, I think that the market is exhausted a little bit. So it's like, how do you do it different? to get in front mm. of people at the same time you have to launch while you're building. So I, I don't know what that yeah. balance is, but I want to back up a little bit because I remember you launching WP Elevation as a membership. So was, I, I mean, obviously it was growing as a membership and what was the thought process behind a membership versus a course the first time around, or was it just, let's try this. So we, we, we'd kind of, so the truth is we didn't know what we were doing, right? And we capped out at about 200 members. And we couldn't, we, you know, and then we'd, you know, we'd get five members, we'd lose three, we'd gain four, we'd lose six, and we just couldn't break through that sort of, we kind of, it was 200 members for quite a while. I was like, I don't know, I don't, I can't, I don't know how to grow this past 200 members. And so I'd been studying, you know, as you do, I've been researching and learning and studying and buying a lot of online courses myself and, and trying to work out what to do. And Jeff Walker kept coming up. Um, time and time again, I was revisiting his teachings and he kept talking about the buzz that is created around an event. And he, he kept talking about the release of the new Star Wars film. You're like, everyone knew December 17 was the date that the Star Wars film was going to drop into the cinemas. And so you then have the um, luxury of having marketing campaigns that you can design around a specific date. And that really appealed to me. And I'd always wanted, I'd, I'd always been fascinated with the, um, when, when you do a launch, there's typically three free videos that you give away up front. They're called pre-launch videos. So you give away these videos, tons of free content, tons of value. You create this amazing buzz. And then the fourth video is basically when you open the doors 
for like seven days and everyone rushes in because you're only open for seven days. And I'd always wanted to do that. I'd, I'd been through multiple launches myself. I'd always wanted to do it. And I said, well, we've got nothing to lose. We've kind of plateaued at 200 members, right? So let's close the doors. Let's not let anyone else join. Let's grandfather all of our members in. But now let's actually sell this as a course. Do make the three videos, do a, a proper launch, you know, and I was studying product launch formula with Jeff Walker. So I made a ton of notes. I wrote myself a massive to-do list and we spent about eight weeks building the first version of our PLF videos and launching it. And we priced the course at $497, which was a mistake. It should have been double that. Yeah. Um, we opened the doors. We did our first launch in September, 2013, which happens to be, September happens to be my birthday and my business partner's birthday. We're two days apart. And so our birthday present was basically watching all these people join our new course. And it was incredible. <laughs> we, we sold 202 students <clears throat> in our first launch. So that was, you know, a hundred thousand dollar US dollar launch, <clears throat> which in Australia is about $10 million. Um, <laughs> and, um, so, uh, you know, that was just mind-blowing. We doubled our customer base in a week. You know, like the doors were open for a week and we doubled our customer base. And I just went, holy shit, there's something in this. And it was the buzz around it. So all of a sudden you've got a calendar of podcasts that you're on, guest blog posts that you're doing, events that you're sponsoring. Everything is tied in with this launch date. And then <clears throat> you basically recover for three or four months and then we decided to do it three times a year, um, and we did that for three years. So we did – I think we did nine or ten PLF launches. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, in a three-year <laughs> period, yeah. That's yeah. a lot. Well, I want to back up, though, too, because so with the launch, so with WP Elevation, it had been a membership. Did it, did it require a lot to pivot it to a course, or was it yeah, simply – Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, yeah. what yeah, was that, that runway like? Yeah, so um, here's a word of warning. Um, you know, this is not for the faint-hearted, right? <laughs> I work really, I re, I work really well to a deadline. So I basically said, "Look, I don't know if this is going to work. So let's let's make the videos, uh, let's put it on sale, let's make sure, and and we're going to roll this out over a six-week drip-fed course, right? So here's a little trick for you: you give everyone a thirty-day money-back guarantee, which massively increases sales." And as long as your product isn't a complete turd, you probably won't have to refund many people, right? So that massively increases sales because you're removing risk. But what you do is you roll the course out over six weeks and it's drip fed. So they don't get the whole course in that 30-day period. They only get the first three or four modules, right? Mm -hmm. It's a trick I learned from Brendan Bouchard. It works really well. So what I did is I said, okay, we're going to roll this out over six weeks, got a 30-day refund period. We only need really the first two modules loaded up in the members website mm -hmm. because they're not going to get access to module three until they've finished module two, which they can't do until week two. So like if we sell this, I've got two weeks to get module three done right? yeah. and then I've got another week to get module four done. So that's what I did. I had, I had most of the course planned out and uh, we, we had the first two weeks video shot, edited, done, uploaded into Vimeo in the members website, set up, all ready to go. We opened the doors. We made a bunch of sales. People were onboarded. They started going through module one. As they were going through module one, I was finishing editing module three and shooting module four. So I basically then worked six weeks, seven days a week for six weeks straight to finish that. I was in the office every weekend. Very fortunate that I've got a fantastic partner who is just very supportive of, you know, everything I do. And so I just said, look, you know, I'm just not going to be here for the next six weeks. I've got to finish this thing because we just sold a bunch and now I've got to deliver. Um, so we did that 
And that, that re- I mean, so that's a way of minimizing the amount of work that you have to do up front just in case you don't sell any because then you've just got this amazing course that nobody buys, which is a risk. Second, of, but, but the word of warning here is where this can, where this can uh, and I have heard stories of this happening, where this can really screw you over is if you get something like glandular fever halfway through and you're like, <laughs> You know, don't have a voice. In hospital. You're like you're in hospital for a month, then you're kind of screwed, right? So um, you sometimes you just got to throw caution to the wind and <laughs> dose up on the vitamin C and hope for the best. So we got through that, um, and and then that's a couple of years later, that's exactly how we launched Rockstar Empires as well. We had the first two weeks in the can, as they say, and we opened the doors, we made a bunch of sales, and then we made the rest of the course. Um, I wouldn't recommend it as a long-term strategy, but it's a great idea validation strategy, you know, uh, sell it first and then build it. Well, and I think the other piece of that, Troy, is that you knew this is your business. Like, this is my primary focus. I'm going to go in. We're going to get this out there. If it works, you double down, you get it better and better and better, where a lot of people are like, oh, that didn't work. And instead of reevaluating and and course correcting, then they jump onto something else. But, you know, one of the things that we had talked about, and this was when we were, I was in Santa Monica with you, is, you know, through through the PLF and through stuff, you actually learned other ways of doing that. So I'm not here to like slam PLF. I think he's a great guy. I don't know him personally, but um, yeah. you know, you've done things differently. So what in all of the launches that you've done, I don't know, a word of warning for launches or how would you recommend people go about getting doing a launch for something that they're willing to commit to? This is not like a, I want to make a million dollars and run away. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Jeff's course is really good in terms of um, teaching the strategy. Um, But the truth is there's no one – I don't think there's a boilerplate answer to every business, right? And this is one of the problems, I think, with the online space is that everyone's looking for, you know – Hey, have you got like a slide deck for high converting webinars? Well, sure, <laughs> I have. I have for my business, <clears throat> but I don't know if it's going to work for your business because I don't know how good you are at presenting, and I don't know your audience. And are you good you know, at copy? <laughs> yeah. Right, and 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 like so, we. I was talking to Simon the other day, who's the other coach here at WP Elevation and my coaching partner in Mavericks Club as well, and he we were talking about AdSent. So we're saying we're going to split test this opt-in page because I have a theory that better design will increase conversions. And he said, yeah, but just be aware of AdSense. Like you can't run the same ad campaign to two completely different looking opt-in pages because you're not comparing apples with apples. So the ad campaign we're running at the moment is running to an opt-in page, which I hate, which is converting at about 30%, but I don't like the look of it at all from a brand point of view. He's like, if you just apply a different brand to this opt-in page, your AdSense might be off and your conversions might dip, but you're not actually getting an accurate picture there. So, the, the back to your question, um, one, you know, the, the general strategy is that you use a, a product launch formula sequence to add massive goodwill to your community and then open the doors for a limited period of time. <clears throat> and that works really well. Um, some of the things that we've done, though, is developed uh, so, so some of the things that we do is um, to increase engagement is we've added competitions. So opt in for the first video and learn X, Y, Z. And also we're going to give away $1,000 to some lucky viewer just for playing along, right? <laughs> I've seen that, um, yeah. Yeah, and we've given away iPads. We've given away MacBook Airs, um, given away a bunch of stuff. And the reason we do that is because when 
here's the thing, like people opt in for shit all the time and then never do anything, you know, like he opt in for the ebook and it arrives in your email and you, you don't even read it, right? And then you wonder why you're still getting the same results that you've been getting for the last 10 years, kids, nothing's changed. Yeah. So what we do is we say, I opt in for this video, I'm going to teach you some stuff, but you have to do something with what I teach you. So if I'm going to teach you how to write better proposals, then if you take what you've learned and write a proposal and pitch it to me, right, I will go through the proposals and the most creative proposal wins the iPad, right? And then in the second video, we're going to announce the winner. So what I've done then is just created a massive open loop. I've given you some some homework. So right now I've got your attention for the next three days before video two comes out. All you're doing is focusing on writing that proposal, following the framework that I've taught you. So I basically own your attention for those three days. When that video second video comes out, you're going to go see it because you want to see if you've won, um, and then if you haven't won, then there's going to be another open loop. Where I'm going to teach you something else. And so we've really, you know, uh, and some of this I learned from uh, this kind of the strategy about PLF I learned from Jeff Walker, but a lot of the detail I actually learned from Brendan Bouchard. Even before I discovered Jeff Walker, I was learning a lot of this stuff from Brendan Bouchard, who's just incredible with the, the level of detail he goes into. But I think the point is it's such an incredibly noisy marketplace mm-hmm. that you have to work I think, you know, you, 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 marketers have to work harder and harder to get the attention of our audience and to keep the attention. And so and you so you kind of got to be careful with gimmicks because what works now isn't going to work in three months' time. Absolutely. If, you know, and gimmicks are just gimmicks, you know. <clears throat> yeah, at the same time, you don't want to be attracting a bunch of people to opt in just because they want cash or an iPad, yeah, right? Yeah, that's it's right, like, yeah. So you have to be careful of the quality, you know, of the people that you're attracting. Yeah. So with all of that, like – Knowing what you know now, is there anything you would have done differently with with the th- <laughs> without? Is that a whole other episode? But well, you, you know, said, I thought you said this was a podcast, not a week long retreat. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, we should go to Bali for a week, and I'll basically tell you everything that I'd do differently. Um, yeah, I mean, wow, there's so much that we would do differently. I mean, so specifically, like around launches or. Well, I, you know what I, I want to focus on because the model that you've created, Troy, I just think it's, it's fantastic with WP elevation. <clears throat> and then it was kind of like when I became aware of Mavericks club, I was like, what, what, this has been a year long thing. Like what's he doing? Right. But it's a really, this is like a sustainable, solid business you've created. Right. And I think that's where we're at today in this sort of internet marketing online space is that the nonsense is going to, it'll always be there, but it's just going to be a lot harder for it to work. And so. Yeah you've really built something that is going, you know, the ascension ladder, the value ladder, whatever you want to call it. Um, Mm. You know, so I'm looking at it more of not even necessarily launches, but for someone who says, look, I want to create something really solid. And then knowing that I need to work hard for a few years to get that going. And then I send people up. So, I mean, because you didn't have Mavericks in mind when you launched WPE, right? So, I mean, anything from that that you want to unpack that may be a challenge that you would tell someone don't do this or do this yeah so um i if i was starting again i would have started with mavericks club ah yeah so um you know and i learned this from running an agency and you think that you think that you'd learn from your mistakes. But when I started an agency, we started out building websites for 1500 bucks or, you know, then I think we went to three grand pretty quickly, which is very low, low ball, but that's what you do because that's what you're comfortable with. Right. So then we spent, and then we kind of got up to 20 grand pretty quickly. It was in like 12 to 18 months. We got up to 20 grand, but then we basically spent the next three years just trying to 
go up and up and up and up and up and get better quality clients. What I know now is if I was starting an agency from scratch now, I'd go, well, we don't build anything for less than 40 grand. And I'd just put a line in the sand and I'd go, right, who are the type of clients that are going to pay 40 grand for a website? What are they going to pay for? What's their return on investment? Let's have a look at the industries that we know that we can impact. Let's have a look at who those decision makers are. Let's start there. Now, sure, we may end up building a couple of websites for 25 grand if we kind of need the money while we're starting out, but we're certainly not going to be even having a conversation about $3,000 websites. So my advice would be start with what do you have to what, what results do you have to deliver someone in order for them to willingly pay you 20 grand a year? Mm-hmm. Right? Cuz if you want to make a million dollars and you think about the raw numbers Well, you basically need 50 people to pay you 20 grand a year and you've made a million dollars, right? So, Which feels um, a lot easier than getting a 1,000 people, right? I mean, you start doing the math. It feels like it should be easier. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So um, what is it that you have to deliver for someone to pay you 20 grand a year? And then I would start there. I would would make sure I had something that worked so I know – absolutely know now that the systems and the process and the and the methodology that we follow and that we teach works because we've just had so many success stories it can't be an accident right it can't be a mm-hmm. fluke um i would start there i would teach it i would for free i would get some case studies i would get some testimonials i would actually you know get some results for clients and use them as case studies and testimonials then i would start with the high end thing and i would put a, a system in place and a sales process in place to sell that I would produce, uh, you know, very small amount of content, uh, and there's an there's an absolute, and I'm happy to talk about this as well. There's an absolute um, process and an absolute number of videos and number of content that you need to produce to position yourself as the authority to sell those twenty thousand dollar a year programs. And then once I kind of had that up and about, then I would chunk it down. I would kind of produce a light version of what we're teaching in that high end mastermind, and I'd produce that as an online course. Um, as I'm explaining this to you now, Kim, I wish someone had explained this to me six years ago because it's actually a lot less work than what I've done over the last six years. <laughs> like we have, we have massively over delivered in our WP Elevation Blueprint program for a fifteen hundred two thousand dollar course. We massively over deliver and over service those clients to our own detriment sometimes, and. Um, so if, if I'd known what six years ago what I know now, I would have started with the high-end mastermind and then developed the online course later because the online course is great for recurring. It's great because we have a membership as well. So online course into recurring membership and then the mastermind for the, for the high performance. Now, having said that, six years ago, I didn't have the confidence to start with the high-end mastermind because I didn't have the results. It's kind of the so chicken of the egg dilemma. It is. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I, it's, if I was starting again now, I would, I would do more research. I would, uh, instead of, I started out helping freelancers mm-hmm. get profitable basically. And, uh, if I was starting out now, I would start with agencies and I would help agencies scale. And if that took me a year to figure out how to help agencies scale, so be it. I'd still do my own consulting work and my own freelancing work to supplement my income, but I would focus on helping the, the, champagne clients get champagne results. That's yeah. where I would start. You know, it's interesting because of with the launch of the planner, like we're looking at, okay, well, we can sell a course and give that. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways to position it. But at the same time, 
you got to sell a lot of planners at $39 a piece to scale. And so we have ideas for it. But a lot of people will say, you know, it's a lot easier to get to a point where you can manage growing when you're selling something at a higher price point. It, it simply is. And, and I don't hear you saying, trust me, well, you know, I talked to you about being in the other mastermind and it's like, well, come up with a high ticket offer without, it's not the right way to approach it necessarily, right? I, I mean, for the sake of having a high ticket offer. Um, go ahead. You know, I, I, I think it, I think it comes down to what kind of business you're trying to build, right? A lot of people just want to build a lifestyle business. Mm-hmm. which is kind of what our business is at the moment. Our business is a lifestyle business because it's, because the business is very dependent on me as a personality and I'm mm-hmm. really aware of that. But I'm not doing anything for the next 10 or 15 years, right? I mean, this is basically all I'm doing. So I do want to build a brand. I mm-hmm. I am working towards building a business that will outlive me so that when I decide to retire or I you know depart planet Earth, um, that the community and the value and the um, the the whole thing kind of keeps rolling on. And really what it comes down to is having a very clear vision about why you do what it is you do. So if you just want to build like – I mean, for me, it's about championing the underdog. That's why I get out of bed every day because I want to champion the underdog. So, yes, I, w- I like to travel. Yes, I like to go to Thailand and have retreats with my customers 100%. But would I like to think in 15 years' time that I'll be going to Thailand to – attend a retreat with our customers but i'll just be kind of hanging up the back every now and then i might just kind of chime in with my two senses like the grumpy old dude up the back with a few (laughs) years of experience while there's some other younger coaches up the front facilitating the thing a hundred percent that's definitely what i'm aiming for um because i want to build something that that and it's not about building an asset or building something that i can sell or you know building something that i can leave to my children it's about the, the greatest tragedy for me, I mean, they're all byproducts, right? The greatest tragedy yeah. for me would be, you saw what happened in Santa Monica. If anything happened to me, that would stop. That would be yep. the greatest tragedy for me, that yep. those relationships and those friendships and that community would cease to exist if I wasn't here. And so that's what I'm trying to build is is how do we keep that thing continuing without me? And most people in the online internet marketing space aren't trying to do that. They're just trying to, you know, build a tribe, build a fan club and, you know, make some money to support their lifestyle, which is totally cool. Uh, it just, the strategy and the tactics change based on the kind of business that you're trying to build. That's all. Well, yeah. And it's kind of new level, new devil. <clears throat> I mean, you've built something and now with Mavericks club, you've built something that relies on you more, but like you've got Simon in there. And so, I mean, I see that, like I look at click funnels, I mean, yeah. he's scaled that huge, but he's got to bring other people in to start producing content, doing webinars <clears throat> yeah. There's because there's only one of you, <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So before we jump into Mavericks Club, one thing that was fun is as we were talking about some of your mentors. I mean, obviously, you've hired mentors and it's something you believe in. I don't know, you know, who was your first mentor? Do you want to talk a little bit about what yeah, that's sure. looked like for you to help you get to where you are? So um, my first mentor was a guy by the name of Ed Dale. Uh, who's an Australian internet marketer. Some people might know of him from the 30-day challenge. And that was really the first thing that I did online was I did the 30-day challenge. I, I was too, like, oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I built a little authority website based on um, coffee machines. Um, and I was selling them via Amazon as an affiliate. And after going through the 30-day challenge, I realized that I wasn't that passionate about coffee machines. But if I was, I love coffee, by the way, but I'm not that passionate about coffee machines. But if I, if I was, 
the plan was really easy. Like I already figured out I'm just going to go down the street. There's actually a couple of shops down the street from me within walking distance that sell coffee machines. They are specialists in selling coffee machines. I'd just go down there. I'd start making some video blogs, do some interviews. I'd start a podcast about coffee. Like the plan was laid out. It was like this is a no-brainer. I just actually don't give a shit about coffee machines. I don't want to be known as (laughs) the guy who reviews coffee machines, right? So I flipped that website on Flipper for 60 bucks. Woohoo! That was the first – First bit of money I made online, I sold that website for 60 bucks, and it was a great experience, a uh, great learning experience. And then I hired Ed a couple of years later as a, as a mentor to actually, you know, sit with me once a week on Skype and, and kind of walk me through what the hell I was doing. And Ed's a great thinker, and he's, you know, he'll admit that he's kind of lazy, so he takes the lazy approach to everything. He just doesn't want to do anything that's not necessary, right? So yeah. he taught me a lot. Um and then I've hired a bunch of business coaches and mentors over the years. Some have been amazing. Some have been, you know, a That's bit good. vanilla. <laughs> or yeah, some yeah, have been have. like they know how to sell, but they don't know how to deliver. Oh, yeah. And, we, and we've hired a bunch of consultants to come in and do things. And, and, and I think the majority of them have just been fresh air, you know, like, yeah. like, like not in a good way, like just empty, just like, hello, what's going on here? This is not what the brochure <laughs> promised, you know. Um, so, uh, but, but, uh, and, and, and so I now kind of do this dance with my business partner where we're, we're always saying, yeah, we need help here and we need help here and we need help here. And then we look at each other and we go, actually, we actually know what we're doing and we know what needs to be done. We just need to put our big girl panties on and keep each other accountable. That's really what's going on here. So yeah. let's not hire any business coaches <clears throat> right now. We're actually taking a bit of a sabbatical from, from business coaching and mentoring and we're just going to put our head down and actually execute on the stuff that we already know needs to happen. So, all right. So that kind of is a good segue into Mavericks club and I will let you explain it, but I am just going to go ahead and say this again here that it was amazing to watch. Like if you guys are listening or watching, Troy invited me down. I got to present content strategy with the planner. We gave out the first planner, which you're going to get the new one, by the way, it's way better quality. (laughs) But, um, and so it was kind of like, I got to be this observer in this private group and Troy, I'm still to this day, I'm, I'm in awe of the execution, the deliverables, um, how you kept things on task, but it was not just, uh, the tangible stuff. It was such a, what's the word I'm looking for? A flow. The whole thing flowed so well that I I was just in awe because I told you I paid twice as much for something (laughs) and Mm. it was like, what do you need help with? Well, mm. I kind of need you to help me with that, you know, yeah, where yeah, yeah. everybody that was there in Mavericks already had this, like they knew what they were supposed to be working on. They, it, there's a structure. It was, yeah. I, I just, I'm clearly at a loss for words. I don't know if it's because I spent an hour talking about it already, but yeah, I'd love for you to tell what Mavericks is and then kind of give me the behind the scenes of what made you decide to launch it. Sure. So Mavericks is... Uh, the value proposition for Mavericks Club is uh, Mavericks Club helps you scale your agency and find freedom. And so really the key word for me is leverage. I'm all about leverage. I like to make money while I sleep. Uh, I like to you know make money while I'm on holidays. I like to impact people around the world you know by making a podcast once and getting an email from someone in France saying that our podcast is what's motivated them to quit their job and start a web design business. So uh, I'm all about leverage and the agency model is really hard. And so 
but I know it can be done. And it's just it's basically through standardizing your business. That's really a key thing that we talk about in Mavericks. And so Mavericks Club happened because there were a bunch of people leaving our membership program. And we just, you know, like, you know, people join, people leave, people join, people leave. And we just always made an assumption, oh, well, they're leaving because, you know, they're not making enough money or they've just decided to change their business model or, you know, whatever. And we started surveying people who were leaving, started running an exit survey. And it turns out most of them were leaving because they weren't getting enough help from the membership program that we were offering. And they wanted more kind of touch points. They wanted more help. They wanted to, you know, go deeper and they wanted um, more kind of detailed uh, assistance. And so I said, okay, well, what if this was like a group coaching program? It's a small group. We meet up in person three times a year at live events. Uh, We have a couple of Zoom calls a month um, where you can actually get access to me because, I mean, it's just – it's impossible – for me to service everyone in the membership program, but you know, there's only one of me and there's, I don't know how many we have at the moment, but there's too many for me to service. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to put together a small group that I could actually help who had already proven their business model and wanted to scale. And so can I jump in too? Because so all of these people had, had graduated essentially through, through WP Elevation, even though, and I'm going to say this and please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Mavericks is just for WP Elevation or agencies at all, which is why I wanted yeah. to keep pimping it. But, yeah. you know, so, but these people had already been in your world and were like, okay, now we need more. We've got, we've yeah. got this. So it wasn't that they weren't just getting help. They had really gotten it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there are a couple that have come straight into Mavericks who haven't been through WP Elevation, um, but uh, they get the blueprint when they join Mavericks. So, mm-hmm. So you're right, they they have a bit of structure, they kind of know what they should be working on, but they just want to go to the next level. And you're right, Mavericks Club, the truth is Mavericks Club is applicable for any type of business, particularly any type of business that wants to accelerate their results through using the internet and online strategies. The truth is we just have an audience of agencies, mm-hmm. and so that's we market to the agencies um, over time, I imagine that we will open Mavericks up to uh, other types of businesses. We just, at the moment, we're still just kind of growing it with the agencies that we've got and proving the model. So, you know, once we've done that, we will start to open it up. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, so we interviewed a bunch of people and they said, yes, they said, this is definitely what we want. And so we've, I, we very quickly threw something together and said, all right, you know, again, proof of concept. Hey, if you come, we will build it. And uh, they came. We had about 10 people join the first, you know, day that we mentioned it. Um, and it was like, okay, great. This is a thing now and uh, and we're going to build it. So we've been building it over the last year and we've really worked hard at giving – because what I've, what I've realized coaching and mentoring over the last six years is that people, more than anything, people want structure. Mm-hmm. People want to know what they should be working on next so we've developed what's called the Mavericks model, which is uh, basically nine core projects that you can work on in the business to improve different parts of the business, whether it's sales and marketing, your operations or your profitability. And then we've developed a scorecard, which allows you to kind of uh, look at some criteria and give yourself a rating as to how you're performing in those areas. And then the scorecard basically tells you what you should be working on next so then you go and look at the Mavericks model and go, all right, that's what I should be working on. And then you dig into the training, the supportive training around that and the templates. 
And then at the live events, the live events are like a, a two, as you know, like a two-day intensive where we focus on one of those projects. And then day three is implementation. So at the end of day two, you end up with a whole bunch of stuff on your to-do list. Day three, we just open our laptops and start working like a super agency and start helping each other get stuff done. So, so with the proof of concept, did you have it at mapped out before? So like before you started asking people, so you do the survey, people are like, Hey, we want more from you basically. And then, yeah. I mean, you've had business coaching, you've had masterminds, you know, when I did the whole, besides it was an amazing event, I keep saying that, but I, my big takeaway that, that for the podcast, what I wanted people to listen to was I was hoping to give not a word of warning, but some thought process to what a mastermind could and should be like, right? Because yeah. like I said, I've done them, I've been in them and some are half-assed some there's no accountability, but you know, so when you went into this, I don't know, did you have a, a bucket list, a dream list of this is what I want to deliver? And also you're running a huge business. So how did you go into launching this besides serving what they wanted? It was pretty loose, and and I know our original. It's funny because one of our original members who joined when we first opened up, she refers to that first cohort of ten people that joined. She refers to them as the test pilots, <laughs> and and they kind of were like it was pretty loose. I mean, we we ran our first event in San Diego, so we opened up in March, April two thousand eighteen. We had our first event in June, uh, end of June in San Diego. Um, the people that were at Santa Monica will tell you that it was a very different event in San Diego. Like it's come a long way mm -hmm. um, just in terms of structure. And so we, I had an idea and I kind of had it mapped out in my head, but I didn't have, you know, I, I, it, it was pretty loose. It was like, okay, what do you need help with? What do you need help with? What do you need help with? Let's try and build something here. And then in the first couple of months, we got a pretty, I got a pretty good handle on, okay, this is what they need. Let's cover these parts of the business. Let's talk about all the, you know, sales and marketing operations and finance, the three key areas of your business. And then let's chunk that down and give them structure and give them things to focus on. And then we had a bunch of intellectual property and templates lying around from our own businesses and from WP Elevation. We basically just pulled them all in together, um, you know, repackaged, embellished, improved, uh, tested more things, you know. So now, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we deliver to Mavericks that doesn't get filtered down. So it's kind of like our, our our whole strategy now for content is we teach Mavericks our champagne content. We then um, give our WP Elevation members like, you know, the Chardonnay version of that, right? <laughs> and then uh, we take like, you know, do you know what a goon bag is? No, I love Australian so, terms. <laughs> so a, a goon bag is the alfoil bag in cask in a cask of wine, right? Okay. So you know you get a cask of wine. The alfoil bag that actually holds the wine in the middle is called a goon bag. And in Australia, when you go to university and you're broke, uh, you go to a house party, and what happens is you peg a goon bag up to the clothesline <laughs> out in the backyard, and you spin the clothesline around, and wherever it stops, that person has to grab the goon bag and take a big skull out of the goon bag. Um, and so, with that, so what we do is we give the champagne content to the Mavericks, we give the Chardonnay version to our elevators, and then we take like the goon bag version, and we split that out, and that's our marketing. So that's the content that we use for marketing and lead gen. Mm -hmm. So the the closer you get to us, and the more you ascend kind of the better quality the content becomes and the more hands-on you get. But it's complimentary. Yeah, yeah, it's all complimentary. Yeah, you're not like right. reinventing things. It's basically no. you can invent the high level and then you strip it down, you strip it down, you know, in terms of – so for people listening, watching, you don't need to reinvent three, four, five times. 
It's right. just, yeah, or show but don't teach or, you know, some of those methodologies. Yeah, that's right. Correct. What, not how. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and so, so really, the, so, so you might opt in for something which is like, you know, how to interview your first VA and you might get like our, our interview questions template. And then in the, in the WP Elevation program, you get like a group coaching call and you might get some case studies on how that works. And then in Mavericks Club, we'll jump on a call and we'll actually, you know, we'll practice the call, the interview with each other. And we'll actually also hook you up with our resources where you can go find staff and we'll also show you how to write job descriptions. And so it's just a lot more detailed. But the okay. answer to your question is it wasn't that detailed when we started. <laughs> But that's good Hell to know. No. That's good to know. But th- I think the difference, though, Troy, is that you had people trusted you already. You had had established, you had a relationship with these people. So this isn't something, you know, I've done a, coaching at different times and been like, this is a beta thing. I only want this many people. And based yeah. on the relationship I have, people respond or whatnot. Um, you keep saying we. Can you give people an idea? Because you have, this is a seven-figure business. You're launching, I mean, growing Mavericks. You've already launched it. How many people are involved behind the scenes of everything? Uh, so we have uh, myself and my business partner here in Australia. We have uh, another um, one, two, three, four. I said, you know, Max, our videographer, Simon, our coach, Jin, our customer success manager, Maddie, who's our uh, content producer and social media um, producer. Uh, we, that's in Australia. So that's like six, six staff in Australia. We have five full-time staff in the Philippines. Um, and we have a writer in the state, Suzanne, who was actually at, uh, WP Elevation live in Santa Monica. Um, so there's about, you know, you have coaches for WP Elevation, right? Sorry? Coaches for WP Elevation. Too. Uh, yeah, that's right. And then we have, uh, Pete Perry and Christina Hawkins, who are our coaches at WP Elevation and Jamie Hill. So there's, you know, there's about 16 or probably 16 or 17 people that touch the business every week, um, either full-time uh, or contractors. Is there, with, with everything you're doing, so Simon does podcasts and video with you. He's at the events. Are you hoping to bring in some more people to help balance that out for you as you guys grow to give you a oh, little yeah. bit of, yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. So, the, so the, the vision, the long-term vision is, um, you know, I'm a big fan of, what the guys are doing over on trade leadership. Um, mm-hmm. A big fan of Dave Ramsey over at Ramsey Solutions. He's built an incredible business over there. He has a, like 700 staff, $125 million a year in revenue. It's just off the charts. And he started with a projector and some slides in his office. And his first presentation was to four people in, you know, 1994 or whenever it was. So the plan, the vision is to have a team of coaches to really develop the IP and the methodology and what it is we teach and then have a team of coaches that can uh, that can teach that methodology uh, to their their own cohorts. So we might have, you know, someone who teaches SEO agencies or someone who teaches graphic design agencies or someone who teaches, you know, um, web agencies, someone who teaches videographer agencies. I'd like to have like a key person in each of those uh, niches kind that of a vertical that those yeah. tribes yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah um we're just still proving that what it is we've got will actually work i'm i'm 100 sure it will but we need some case studies and we need some results so we just still need to prove that it will work in different verticals and then we can start to scale that up and so i think the model for me is that i'll always be uh, an influencer in terms of hosting the podcast and doing live videos and you know, being kind of the public voice and face of the the company, 
um, that will, you know, and, and also having other presenters come on and present content with us, that will bring people into the organization and then you'll find you'll find where you belong based on what it is you need and where you're at. So if you're just starting out and you're a videographer and you're a freelancer, hey, you need to go and do this. You need to go and check out that little tribe over there. If you're a video agency and you've got five staff and you're already doing, you know, 300 grand a year and you want to scale up, hey, come on, join Mavericks. That's where you should be, right? So mm-hmm. that's kind of the model long term. Um yeah, it's it's you know I I won't be as ha- I can't be as hands on as I am yeah. now in five years time. Yeah. <clears throat> so so with the events, you said the first event in San Diego did not look because I was blown away. It was super impressive. <laughs> and and just a reminder, everybody, I'm not getting paid for any of this. <laughs> um, but it was it was really well done, you know, for what that's worth. And so, what did it look like when you started? And I mean. Were you a little bit nervous? I mean, setting up events in other countries, I can't imagine is super easy. It's not. It's actually, I mean, I'm just looking through our Asana um, template here for running events, right? So um, there's we've, we've kind of got a template now for running events. In San Diego, it was um, a similar event, but it just wasn't as sophisticated, um, some of the things that we do now is we we're kind of big on the branding, so we have these the banners and the foam boards, these big foam boards that sit on easels. We have them scattered around the room. That does a couple of things. It helps us create a sense of space, and it kind of helps keep the space intimate. It was quite a big room, and there was like I don't mm-hmm. know twenty three or twenty four people in the room. So we use the banner, we use the posters to kind of create a bit of boundary and a bit of more intimacy. Uh, it's also there as a constant reminder as to, you know, where you are and why you're here. Uh, it also looks great on the live streams and the photos and, and the stuff that you <laughs> share on social. Um, or on a blog post, thank you very much. You made my job really easy. <laughs> exactly. Um, but now really what it comes down to, I'm just looking through our, our checklist here, what it comes down to now is um, we start now with the workbooks. So, you know, we, we start by saying, all right, what's the most valuable thing? What's the mo- what are the most valuable outcomes that our, our customers can leave with? And so in Santa Monica, it was all about predictable product, right? And so one of our members, April, has this great saying where she said, you know, I'm sick of, I'm sick of doing hand-effing crafted things in my business, right? Everything's hand-effing crafted. And it's, it's such a pain in the ass. And, uh, of course, it is. So um, – one of the things we talked about in Santa Monica was standardizing your business through building a predictable product. And that's one of the core projects that we talk about. So the outcomes are, okay, they need to have a, uh, they need to have a one pager that they can either put up online or like a one page document. They can just print out and share with their team that explains what the product is, who it's for, the benefits of it, the pricing, how it works, right? That's just a one pager. Then they need to be able to codify how they're going to deliver this product to their customers so they can train either themselves or their staff, their team, how to actually deliver it when someone buys it. Really then quick, they, by codify, you mean processes and systems. You're not talking about yeah. actually coding of something. Code, no, no, no. Co- okay. Codify is, is literally just write down how how we do things here, right? So mm-hmm. say, for example, say, for example, you're selling a discovery workshop, which is one of, one of the examples that we talk about. Um, our, our, our model for that is, our, our model for Santa Monica was, they need to simplify their business and stop doing most of the shit they're doing because it's not profitable, right? So simplify your business into the actual three to five core things that you do that actually help your customers that are profitable. <clears throat> One of those is a discovery workshop. So how do you 
So let's simplify it down to a discovery workshop. What is a discovery workshop? What does it involve? What's included? What are the benefits? How much does it cost? How do you deliver it? Then let's clarify that into a message that the customer understands, right? So simplify, clarify. Codify is let's write it down so that we can get someone else to come in and do this in the future or the next time we do it, we don't have to then panic about how do we deliver this workshop because it's already written down. Then we verify it by going and selling it to some customers to make sure it's a thing, make sure people actually want it. And then once we've simplified, clarified, codified, and verified, then we amplify it. And that's basically through content, bringing people in and, and driving sales. So that was the, the big key takeaway. That was what we wanted them to leave Santa Monica with that kind of framework of thinking about how to build a predictable product. And then there are a whole, and then we say, right, what do they need? Well, when it comes to, to codifying it, they're going to need an example of how to codify a product and they're going to need a template to basically fill in the blanks. So what we do is we think about the outcome that they need. We then develop the templates and the kind of the fill in the blanks. Then we develop the workbooks. Then from the workbooks, we develop the slides. Uh, and then from the slides, we, we basically practice the presentation. And here's the other distinction um, that, and the reason that you felt like there was such a good flow to it is because every 10 minutes of the day, every 10 minutes of every day is accounted for in mm -hmm. our slide deck template, right? So, um, so for example, if you said to me, uh, okay, you've got 30 minutes and you need to get up and talk about how to turn Google reviews into a predictable product, and you've got 30 minutes, you know, and, and by the way, you're on in 30 minutes. So you've only got 30 <laughs> minutes to prep this and you're on for thir and you're on and you've got thir a 30 minute slot. Okay, great. So that's the kind of the, the crudest version of any presentation is like the 30 minutes is a minimum. And in 30 minutes, I'm going to do three things. I'm going to talk about the problem. I'm going to talk about the promise and I'm going to talk about the proof. So in problem, I'm just going to go, cool. So the problem with your business at the moment is blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to list all the problems with not having predictable income from predictable product, right? And I'm going to talk about the problems. I'm also going to weave in the problems that um, your customers have got by not having enough reviews online. We'll do a little kind of interaction with people. We'll get them to talk to the person next to them on the table and share the problems and maybe write some stuff down and then share it with the room. That takes up 10 minutes, right? Then I'm going to say, right, um, the promise of selling review funnels as a predictable product is this, and I'm going to basically list all the benefits of uh, doing this, you know, recurring revenue, predictable, it can scale without you, you can train staff members to do it, it's great for your customers, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm going to give them like, you know, three takeaways that they need to write down and start implementing in the business. Yeah, that's 10 minutes. Then I'm going to give them proof. I'm just going to show them, share with them a couple of case studies of people who are already doing this. Phil Singleton, who we've had on the podcast, is the guy that planted the seed for me in the first place. We've got a couple of other members who are doing this really well. I'm just going to use them as case studies. So at the end of that 30 minutes, they're like, holy shit, this guy knows my problem. He's like been watching me in my office. It's kind of spooky how well he knows me. Um, he's given me a solution and he's shown me proof that this works. So I'm now going to go home and do exactly that because that person's already got results doing it and I want those kind of results as well. Mm -hmm. So, And then you basically extrapolate that out. If it's a 45-minute presentation or an hour or two days, if there's like a there's a like a there's all these 10 minute slots that you can basically pull in like lego blocks and build your presentation based on how long you need to be presenting for so i mean which it was i mean i don't feel like anything went over time or anything at the event 
Um, you know, so you've got a couple more events. I know we're winding down on time here. So, um, you know, it's interesting because the model that you did, and now that I'm going to bring this up, I hope it's okay that I share it. So, <laughs> so you did the few days at Mavericks and then you had a WP Elevation event, which was yeah. a separate event that A, people paid to attend, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then you made an offer for Mavericks at lunch and how you did that. First of all, was there any part of you that was nervous in doing that? Like, I know you've been <laughs> selling, okay, because you've been selling, right? High $40,000 websites, whatever. Yeah. But those are big offers that you're making and to, you yeah. know, so I want to get a little bit of like what, what what's going on inside of Troy during all of this time. Yeah. So um, that's the first time I'd done that particular format. And what we basically did was I, I hate selling from the stage, right? I just, mm-hmm. I just feel icky about it and I don't like it at all. So what, what I did is I basically said to everyone, look, if you're not interested in Mavericks Club and you know that it's just not right for you, I'd ask you to go and have lunch and enjoy the sunshine and come back in an hour. If you're interested in learning more about Mavericks and how we can help you, stay in the room, we'll bring some lunch in and I'll have a chat. And that's the first time I'd done that kind of format. So yeah, I was really, um, I don't know whether nervous is the word, I was curious, I was apprehensive, I was like a little bit like this could go either way. I didn't really have any, I didn't really have any expectations. So I didn't really, it was like, I'm just going to, this is for me, it was like practice. I'm just going to do this and see how it feels. Um, so I was definitely energized and I was, you know, a little bit wired about it. Um, and, um, and the funny thing is like half an hour afterwards, I was like, Oh, I just want to go do that again because I learned (laughs) so much. I learned so much in that. And there was this great moment where, you know, I kind of walked through everything that was involved and all the logistics. And then I got to the price and I said, look, I'm happy to talk about pricing, but I only want to talk about pricing with people who see the value in this. That was so, brilliant. <laughs> right. And and that that's kind of scary because what you're basically doing is asking people to leave the room again. And yeah. at that point, everyone could have got up and left, right? Mm-hmm. And there was one couple that, that left and they said, look, we love what you're doing here. And we, you know, we really want to do this, but we're just not ready. We've got a bunch of stuff we need to fix in the business before we do this. So we're just going to go and enjoy the rest of our lunch. And I'm like, totally fine. Mm-hmm. So they left. And then I was like, okay, well, the rest of you are still here. So you want to talk about pricing. So we, I walked through the pricing. And I learned so much in that 45 minutes with those people in that room over lunch about myself and about the offer and about, um, you know, and some people signed up, which was awesome. It was great to, to, to close some sales on the day. That was a big boost for my confidence. But I learned so much about how to market that event in the future and make sure the right people are in the room. Because what I realized at the end of that event was I was making a high ticket offer to people who to some people who were just still kind of proving their own freelance business, you know? So mm-hmm. there was no, like, if you're only earning 50 grand a year as a freelancer, there's no way you're investing 15 or 20 grand a year into something like Mavericks Club, right? So I, I came away from that going, right, next time we just need to be a lot clearer about who should be in that room. You know, it's really not the kind of event for freelancers who are just starting out. It's the kind of event. And so for example, next time we're going to change the name of the event and it will be called scale your agency. It won't be called WP elevation live. Smart. So just you meet in that sense, it's getting the right people just in the room at day one, let alone who you make the offer to at lunch. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. What's up, Max? <laughs> Here's Max. How you doing? <laughs> we're going to keep that in because that was fun. Max is a videographer. Yeah, totally. um, yeah. yeah. All right, okay, so so we'll wind down. And what are the plans for the future? Because again, Troy, like I, I feel like this would serve 
any business owner at a certain level, to be honest with you. And I know that's not ideal. You don't target everybody. Everybody could do this, right? Every market. But I, I do see this as something that is so invaluable for people who want the structure and the systems at the same time, the coaching and the guidance and are at a certain level. Yeah. So good question. Uh, so we're coming out to Southern California again, uh, the first week of June. Uh, June three, four, five is our Mavericks Club event, mastermind event. And then June six as a Thursday, I believe, is uh, the Scalier Agency event. Um, uh, details for that are uh, just being confirmed at the moment in terms of venues, but it will be somewhere around the Santa Monica, Marina del Rey, Huntington Beach, Newport Beach, kind of around that um, kind of Southern California region. Hoping to um, get beach weather this time. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, tickets will be on sale very shortly um, to the Scalier Agency event. Um, and Mavericks Club, we've just ro- we're just rolling out a whole bunch of new email campaigns, and um, we've got our uh, we've got our Mavericks uh, the MavericksClub.com uh, slash scale page is now up, so people can apply. It, it is an application process, so people need to apply to jump on a call to make sure we're a good fit. We're quite brutal about who we accept in and who we don't. Um, just because, you know, we want action takers, we want, we want success, we want case studies, we want, you know, success stories and we want people to get results. So, um, so we've just kind of got that infrastructure set up now and we're about to start ramping up the growth of Mavericks Club now that we've got a few of the other parts of the business kind of bedded down. Okay. So I'll link to the application page again, if that works, but I'm just super excited for you, Troy. I, I'm so, like I said, I, it was such an honor and it was so fun to get to hang out with Simon and Max too. And I just, it was an amazing group of people. I will say that too. There's definitely, um, I don't know, Russell Brunson uses culture. So, but there's a really tight, it's a tight knit community. And yeah. yeah, and they're, and they're, they're doers, which is so, it's very easy if you've got the money to pay to be in a mastermind, but you just keep planning to plan to plan to plan. And they're all doers. So it's really, really cool. So congratulations on everything. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thanks for all your support. And yeah, it was awesome to hang out with you in Santa Monica. And uh, yeah, look forward to coming out again and uh, doing it all again in June. All right, guys. Thank you, Troy. You know the drill. Hang on and I'll repeat some links for you. Uh, Everything will be in the show notes. As always, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you guys found as much value in that as I did. This is definitely one of those episodes that's going to be transcribed. I kind of have this feeling I'm going to be going towards transcribing most episodes moving forward. Um, if you want to find out more about Mavericks Club, you can go to kimdoyle.com forward slash Mavericks and Troy and his team will connect with you. There's an application process. You can talk to them. As always, guys, thanks so much for listening. And this episode, of course, is brought to you by the Content Creators Planner, which as of today, when I'm recording this, has been officially printed and picked up and is shipping very soon. So if you've not gotten your planner, go to contentcreatorsplanner.com. And when you get it, do an unboxing, tag us, all that fun stuff. We're going to be sharing your stories of how you're using the planner and how it is helping you drive business through your content. As always, guys, thanks for listening. And I will catch you next time.